0: You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network.
1: Today's episode of the After Chat is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance.
2: Hey, wait a minute. I'm back. It's me. You remember Tex? I do. Tex, how have you been, sir? I've been great. I I got, you know, I'm I'm Tex from the Blue Chew crew. I've been great because I got... A supply of Blue Chew and I went on tour and I'm telling you, the ladies just kept asking me after I took that little Blue Chew and chewed up, Tex went on tour and they kept asking me for more and more
1: Well Tex, the the, the best part of that is that you went to BlueChew.com and you used the promo code Bill and only had to pay $5 shipping am I right? That's right That's you got the right. Did first shipment absolutely free
2: and then when it got to my house in a discreet manner, nobody knew it was coming there, not even my family. I went on tour, and the girls asked for more, more, more. Well, let,
1: let's speaking of more, 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 let's tell everybody a little more, more, more about Blue Chew. Blue brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's the real deal it's the stuff that works you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach or when you're on the road like Tex and since What's they're that? chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises now this isn't just for guys with dysfunction and Tex you can attest to this
2: you're well, guys, right. by the way by the way uh, my fans that seen me singing up there because I country music sing, people don't know that about sure. me, possibly. But right during my encore, I popped in that blue chew oh. and woo!
1: Well, look, it's for any guy who wants extra function and to enhance the performance in the bedroom. Now, blue chew is prescribed online. As, as Tex had mentioned before, it's shipped straight to your door in discreet package. So, There's no in-person doctor's visit. There's no waiting in the pharmacy. Best of all, no more awkwardness. And Tex, they're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, for our listeners, you can use the same promo code that Tex used. You go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment absolutely free when you use the special promo code BILL. Just pay $5
2: shipping. You said BILL, right?
1: B-I-L-L. No matter how you say it, make sure you spell it right. Again, it's B L U E dot promo code BILL to try it free.
2: So, Blue Chew, it's for me, and it sure is for you.
1: And it's also the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the After Chat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the After Chat. I'm Josh Chernoff, and I am joined, as always... By, except for that one time, but I'm joined as always by the legendary Bill. After Bill, I need a new intro because there's that one episode now, I can't say that anymore.
2: That's right, that's right. But uh, welcome back, my favorite co host. Oh, so says Josh Chernoff, and it's great to be back here. And Episode number 27. Wow, unbelievable!
1: Yeah, yeah we're unbelievable. And 27. Here.
2: Yeah, I want to thank all of you, After Chatters, for sticking with us through thick and thick. Yeah, because we've been really thick with uh, great content and great guests. And boy, we've got yeah. a uh, we've got a guest. you know I have a, a, a theme song that I wrote for him?
1: Oh well, I can't wait to hear that.
2: Well, uh, and I'm going to bring him on with it. But it was stolen. It's kind of like a parody of a Michael Jackson song. You want to hear a preview of it? Sure. Ready. One two three RVD RVD one two three a bum 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 you see how pop that? So now, the, so now that.
1: The, the question is: Is our guest the one two three kid or RVD?
2: You will have to wait. <laughs> um, RVD, hey, of, of course, because we have we have put out there that. RBD is going to be our uh, special guest on uh, this episode, and I'm really thrilled about this because he – I think you know, and I think most of the after-chatters who know my career know that I always kind of uh, went toward the the guys that like to fly, and he had oh, – no Nobody gets he was, higher
1: than Rob Van Dam.
2: Well, <laughs> we'll talk to him about that too. That's very good, Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, the, thanks. I'll, I'll just – claim that but, i came up with
2: no that. but but i he is one of these people who not only in the air was so terrific but he was also uh during his career when he wrestled regularly a fine mat wrestler as well mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't know who trained him and i know who trained him and i knew his trainer and we're going to talk about that and so much more yeah. and a lot of the fan questions that they uh, sent in on the uh, twitter phone
1: so it, it's it's been like five minutes since you said the thick and thick, but it made me think of, you know, the only thing that's thin could possibly be, you know, uh, at the top of someone's head. And then I thought, hey, you can't say that. You need to respect the comb over. That's absolutely. And you, Watch your, and you too, you, can respect the comb you, over if you go to the afterchat.com and click on merch. See what I did?
2: That you did, but give yourself a face rake for that.
1: All right. Ow. Oh, that
2: ah, hurt. okay. Well done. So there's. Uh, <laughs> As you know, the uh, WWE Elimination Chamber is coming up not this week, but the uh, the following week, if I'm correct. Yes. Yes, I am correct. You are correct. And uh, so WWE is uh, making moves going toward the Elimination Chamber. So I think right now we need to put a headlock. On headlines.
0: All
2: right. So the first thing that really confused me this week... Mm-hmm. Uh, Monday night was. Uh, first of all, before we even talk about that, I was talking with some fan today. We're taping this on um, on Thursday, the seventh of February, and that's our first show of February here. Yeah, uh, so
1: is it that doesn't seem right. No <laughs> is that our first show in February. It's our first show we've actually recorded on February. That's what in I need, mean, First tape. I got you. February. Okay. So yeah.
2: we were I was talking with someone in a uh in a store uh earlier today and we were talking about I said, Do you still follow wrestling? And he said, Yeah. I said, Who's your favorite? He said, Becky Lynch, because she's tough. And I said, You know what? Becky Lynch is the female stone cold Steve Austin. Oh man. That's how she's It's across. so great
1: that you said that because uh, and and tell me if this is what what made you feel that way. Everything that happened on Raw with her and Stephanie, that just mirrored uh, back in God. What would it have been? I guess ninety seven when Stone Cold at Madison Square Garden when he stunned Vince McMahon for the first time. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing it was the same where he Vince McMahon saying, you know, you're not cleared to wrestle. You have to. It was, you know, it was a very similar feeling and. I saw that same kind of attitude from Becky Lynch. I mean, look—it was nothing's ever going to be as good as the original, but uh, but this was pretty. It was pretty entertaining.
2: Well, for the new fans who aren't really that—you know—the younger fans that didn't watch back then, they were in the womb or just coming out of the womb at that time, of course. Becky Lynch is a ref. The the uh, comparison with Stone Cold Steve Austin. This will make them look back mm-hmm. and see what he did because uh, uh, she is really changing. Uh, the face of the tough guy the tough man in WWE
1: yeah oh absolutely um I'm a big Becky Lynch fan uh but Bill what do you think is what do you think all of this is leading towards because everybody's pretty sure that this is this is kind of their way they're going to somehow shoehorn Charlotte into that match at WrestleMania do you think that that's gonna happen or do you think that they're going to see that most people are kind of annoyed at that
2: I think they're kind of annoyed however uh they want they yeah because I think they just want to get that match they want Ronda Rousey versus Becky no the uh, fans do uh, so. no third yeah they don't yeah. want a third party in there and to take the momentum off the even though it was such an exciting segment and then with Triple H getting mm-hmm. slapped by her to take off the edge of Hey, this match might not happen. Was kind of uh, head turning to me. It was like, yeah, well, uh-huh?
1: because it almost seems like what you we've we've had Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, and now I feel like we need Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, and then we can go from there to a triple threat down the line or something if that's what they want. But I just to, you know, a triple threat always kind of doesn't mean it can't be amazing, you know, but it but it also has a high potential to just water down the match,
2: you know. What if Charlotte was a guest referee? I,
1: yeah, they. I feel like then it's just misusing Charlotte for WrestleMania. Yeah,
2: you know? yeah, I think so too. Or are they going to make it a fatal four-way and put uh, Asuka in there too?
1: See, and then I just hope they don't because that just, again, that just waters it down. Now it's just, it, it just gets a lot messier. Fatal four ways are very hard to to do and very hard to to focus on. You know, as yeah. a fan. So
2: let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why won't Becky go to the doctor? Is she afraid?
1: So at first I found it on raw to be kind of like, it didn't make a lot of sense. And then when triple H did his promo on SmackDown, uh, I thought that was fantastic. I thought that he, the way that he's just kind of like standing there, he's like, you know, I don't know why I didn't see this before. And really just kind of calling her on that. Um, yeah, I think from, you know, the the way that they're looking at that is uh really I, I think that that's a level of um it's the word I'm looking for. My my head is not all straight today, but uh, uh, that's okay. The the I think that it's a a level of like um depth to the story and the character that you don't see a lot uh in the WWE these days and I love that they're doing that because yeah, you're now looking at this going Becky Lynch like maybe she doesn't want to go because she you know but i think the honest the the honest thing about this character would be that this character does not want to go because she's afraid if she goes she's not going to be cleared for us it was
2: interesting to see them nose to chin <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was very intimidating though you you sat there and i have to tell you that you know becky was almost like had that wise guy look yes. to her and Triple H was really, really into that. Did you notice that? Yeah,
1: it was a really, it was a really good, uh, energetic segment, and I was, I was really happy with it. Actually, I, I've been, I've been pretty happy with with SmackDown as of late. Raw, I think, is still, you know, firing on no cylinders. But I think that, uh, you know, and one thing, Bill, that you had mentioned to me off air before, I know you wanted to talk about, would be something that's happening on Raw. And that's uh, Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre.
2: Well, before we go there, I want to just stay on the uh, the ladies, if you don't mind, for a moment. Oh, right. And the, the anger that Ronda Rousey is showing where she's almost breaking everyone's uh, arm. The fans are really booing the hell out of her. Yeah,
1: it was only a matter even of against, time.
2: Even against the bad girls.
1: But it was only a matter of time because they've been... And maybe this has been their plan all along, but they've just been... Uh, presenting her in such a poor fashion in my opinion from a character standpoint not in ring in ring she's been fantastic but from a character standpoint yeah you know, they had her like just the happy go-lucky happy to be here Ronda Rousey and its just you know believe it or not she's been there for a year and that's a lot of time It really to,
2: is yeah. it really is and it's always uh, pretty much. I mean one of my favorite matches uh of the short year here and correct me if I'm wrong if it was the end of the last year was uh, her match against Charlotte. The, yeah, that the, was la- uh,
1: that was last year. That was uh yeah. series.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that was the first time I really saw her get into this thing like it was a real fight. Right. Um so no I don't know what's going to happen with uh with Ronda but uh, it just seems to be that get in the ring and get that one hold on somebody and mm-hmm. then get out of there, get out and get out of there.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this is built up over the next uh, few weeks. Cause we still, you know, obviously we have elimination chamber. And then I want to say we have fast lane after that. And then, Well, you you right, just I mean, said it. Yes, yeah. You well, said well, wanna, you want, I want to say did. it. You did. It um, yeah. doesn't mean it's right, but I'm pretty sure it is.
2: Yeah. Uh, so cli- cliche of the, uh, of the show time <sighs> will tell josh yeah, i don't think i've ever
1: said that no i just did okay all right yes i thought yeah, you were yeah. putting that on me
2: no i have a, so, i have a
1: tendency to say at the end of the day that's that's something i uh i've caught myself saying a lot but and we it, all have our things
2: and it depends um, what time the end of the day is
1: yeah man I'm, I'm i'm ready for the end of the day full disclosure to everyone if i sound like like crap I had some sort of food poisoning or stomach bug or something, and I am you sound uh, fine.
2: You sound fine.
1: Okay, well, I feel yeah. great. Um, Good. So, but now you I want would, you to talk about what we talked else.
2: about off the air?
1: Yes. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, and why was that given away on television? Why is that? You know, I just feel like those are two guys. Braun has lost all of his all his shine. And it just seems like they're working overtime to take it away from Drew as well. And I don't understand.
2: Uh, you know, back in the days when I grew up watching wrestling, you had to go to the live matches somewhere to see a uh, a match like Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. Don't forget Saturday night at the Island Garden Arena, Strowman takes on McIntyre. Right. Right? This type of thing. Right. And it's a totally now, different
1: uh, – you know the business model is totally different now, but yeah. oh yeah,
2: of course it's all about the ratings. But we've now seen that combination so often that I think it's lost its luster to the fans that see it on TV. Then we get they get to the live arena; it's the same match. There's just, I just don't believe in giving away pay-per-view quality type of matches in well, terms of headliners. No, on and TV. the
1: the issue with that is. As soon as you give that away, you've removed one very important ingredient to, to getting people excited about a story. And that's the anticipation of seeing that. The What could that look like? Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. What could that, you know? And that is, that's like the number one thing that brings people in. So why now... We want to see it again. And then I feel like they rely more on what the finish is going to be. Now it's like, oh, well, you've seen it a million times, but what's going to happen? And
2: it's like – You know what? It's taking too long to get from the beginning of their feud to whatever they're going to do to culminate it at WrestleMania. Yeah. It's much too and it's, long.
1: It's just a uh, – it's it's kind of the sign of the times. It's, it's It's the issue that they have with having three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown – um, having a pay-per-view every month. It's just, it's tough. You know, once upon a time, you, know, you talked about drawing people to the house shows, but if you looked at it strictly from a television standpoint, you were also only getting like an hour a week, maybe. I mean, look, you were getting a few hours. If you looked at superstars and challenge and primetime wrestling, but you weren't getting anything more than just squash matches for the most part. And then maybe one match and the storylines are being told in these backstage segments, these backstage interviews. Yeah. Yeah. The so, store
2: and the, but the squash matches may, I mean, if they had Braun Strowman squashing somebody every week, I'd want to go to the arena and see how he would make out against the Drew McIntyre. Exactly.
1: But now that you've seen Braun Strowman, you know, taken, taken down, uh, you know, look, I think when Brock Lesnar, threw him around and he fared worse than Daniel Bryan did against Brock Lesnar. Yes. yes. Um, I just, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't know what they were thinking. And I think they, they ruined, they ruined him. And, and I don't think that that means he's gone forever. Uh, but look at a guy like the big show, the big show who's still there. um, that guy had half the success of his career that he could have had had they known what to do with him, and he's said as much. On uh, I remember when they did, I want to say it was Stone Cold's podcast on the WWE Network, um, and he said that he thinks they made mistakes over the years, just flip flopping him. He's yeah, guys, well, bad guys, good guys, bad guy. You know, no,
2: he he was never the same since Hulk Hogan pushed him off that office building. <laughs> And yeah. WCW. Well, that you know, I didn't
1: think that really affected him too much because he was back. Like, wasn't he back like, <laughs> later that Immediately. night? Immediately. I know. That was... Immediately. Man. Immediately. That, w- what a times. moment. <laughs> so, uh,
2: so another thing now, and of course the the WWE story about Dean Ambrose leaving and me not believing that, mm-hmm. but more credence was left to it uh, this week when he was uh, beaten by uh, EC. Three, uh, yeah. Ambrose wanted to know where EC One and EC Two was. I thought that was a great line. You know what I the- thought
1: when I watched Dean Ambrose cut that promo um, on EC Three and Alexa Bliss and like doing that thing. I thought to myself, they announced that he's leaving, and this is the first time in years that I have found him entertaining. Like, yeah, it, it was all of a sudden really? now he's out there. Like he he was actually funny as opposed to trying to be funny you know what I mean it was just um, well he's,
2: no, I, he, he's trying to be sarcastic
1: yeah but it was okay. just but it was amusing and I don't know ec3 I still think they continue to I don't think they get what ec3 is and they just uh they're not using them well right off the bat however, I think they're using them however terribly. they're
2: going to use him well and I'm going to tell you why because everyone that has come out of that Tna and the impact factory mm-hmm. pretty much has been made into a near main event or a main eventer in WWE. Well it's like it's like we can show you what we can do with your people.
1: Right. I mean it's just look, it, it 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 depends. I mean I don't know that I'd necessarily agree with that if you look at uh if you look at some of like Bobby Roode. Um No
2: no I'm talking AJ Styles, some look look how much Samoa Joe has lost so many times too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He's still a com- compelling See, character but i think joe is, is more of action. a compelling
1: character based off of who he was before i don't think that they've done a good job with him at all i think i honestly think aj styles is really the only one that's had any real success um eric young they they haven't really pulled the trigger with him yet um bobby Roode. i've gone on record before that i think it's terrible oh yeah no they haven't him. the fact they started that he off, off for well a couple years
2: it. They started off well with him, but I'm, I'm Bobby saying Bobby was great Joe. in
1: NXT. The second he showed up as a as a face in uh, on SmackDown, it was downhill from there.
2: Well, with Samoa Joe, I still feel when he cuts a promo or he's in the ring, you still get that feeling like this guy's going to kill somebody. Oh it's yeah, just, no,
1: he's great, yeah. but then I feel like yeah. they they ruin it. You
2: know? Why? What? How do they ruin it?
1: Because it's never. <sighs> it's been better recently, but when he first came up, like they just did not know what to do with him. You no, know?
2: but I think they see what they can do with him now. I hope so. I hope so.
1: But EC3, I, I wasn't pleased with what they've been doing with him. Like the guy like doesn't talk and, and then the Alexa bliss thing, that, that moment of bliss, they need to just kind of, you know, cut and run from that. That, that just, I love Alexa bliss and that just has not had, that has not produced one good segment. I don't think in
2: my opinion. Um, so, Double J, Jeff Jarrett,
1: yeah, J-E-W-F. coming out and, uh, F-
2: feuding with uh, with um, Elias, and I'll tell you something, uh, Jarrett, because he still worked indies and his own Global Force before he got back into the WWE. I'll tell you something; he still uh, he still can go with these guys, and oh, he yeah. doesn't mind being pinned, of course, but uh, that's part of the job. But uh, yeah, he, he was, literally. you know, he can still he can still punch with the best of them.
1: No, he's you know what I, I think he's uh, sometimes overlooked by fans is what a great wrestler he is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's another one that I kind of feel like I have mixed feelings on it. One that should have been built up to a WrestleMania match with those two because that could have been really cool. And maybe it, it will. Who knows? It still might be. Um, the Road Dog and and like first of all, just start bringing the start, bringing Jeff Jarrett out to his attitude era music. No, no. Um, I'll
2: t- I like, no, I like, no, this it worked
1: when he was wearing the old gear at Royal rumble, but now it doesn't make any sense. Now he's coming out. He's got, he's, he's doing the slap nuts thing. He's dressed as like attitude era. Jeff he's Jarrett is just weird.
2: He's mixing it up. He's yeah. It's it up. just,
1: you know what he's doing? He's doing the opposite of what Chris Jericho has always done. And this yeah. is not Jeff Jarrett's fault, but they've made him a, a nostalgia act having road dog come out. And then not to mention, that Degeneration X proudly brings to you. Like, now oh, Buddy
2: acting... pop. I love that. Yeah, I that's mean, great, except for the fact that... that Jeff Jarrett was never a part of DX. So it's like. No, I know, I know that. Doing? I know that. But it, you're trying to make too much sense of this.
1: I know. I know. That's why I'm. It was just for looking, nostalgia. Looking forward to pop. AEW.
2: You know what I want to see? You know what I want to
1: see? Yeah.
2: I want to see WrestleMania, uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Road Dog against Elias and the Honky Tonk Man. That's what I want to see. <laughs> oh man,
1: that would actually be pretty incredible. Pretty good. They, would be they pretty could cool. pull that off. I mean, a I don't only... think
2: final match in any arena.
1: <laughs> no, I actually, you know what? I think having Honky Tonk Man that would be great to have Honky Tonk Man coming. I don't know what type of what the the heck he's looking like these days, but, um, but I think that would be if you're talking Elias as a heel and you need to throw one more guy in there.
2: Oh, Honky Tonk's
1: the guy. But uh, but yeah no I just I've, I've never been a fan of nostalgia. Acts. I feel like it takes away from the legacy of the wrestler, and then I also think it takes away from the opportunity. You know, if Jeff Jarrett, there's no reason they had this day and age they had to just be like, oh, he's a nostalgia. They could have come back as as a legitimate. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer and and taken to the next level. I don't,
2: a, I don't agree. Don't agree. I you think don't think that Jeff a, Jarrett no, could, could handle no, being his a, history, being no, a major his player. There? No, I think his history there uh he's he's good nostalgic to have him on uh, tv every week would be overkill but to bring him in every once in a while for a special angle i think that would be great all right, all right. so we have an opportunity later this evening after we tape to see what is going to go on with the big party In Las Vegas, that Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and AEW are going to announce uh, where and when tickets go on sale, and also other people that have joined AEW will be announced and some other business partnerships. So uh, I am going to do a report, Josh, after we tape and after I watch that event. I'm going to do a report on www.onewrestlingvideo.com, and I hope the afterchatters uh, will check that out.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely go check that out. Bill's going to give you all of his uh, opinions as a recap off of this. Very much looking forward to it. Um, most recently, they they made a couple more announcements um, in the last 24 hours um, that – Hurricane Shane Helms will be at Starcast. I know I kind of shifted from yes, all, that's good uh, from no, all go lead to Starcast. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler has been announced that he will uh, be there, um, and then of course uh, they prior to that they had announced Jim Ross. They had announced uh, Eric Bischoff is going to be there. Um, Sean Mooney will be the the official host. Um, Sting was the first announcement, which is great. He was not there last year, and then of course Brett the Hitman Hart. My favorite of all time. Um, I know. I've only had an opportunity to meet him one time and I was starstruck, couldn't even get any words out. Um,
2: well, you'll be starstruck this I'm time. Look, and by I'm the looking
1: way, forward to maybe getting one word out this time.
2: I am negotiating to uh, be a guest again at StarCast Okay. and StarCast too. I can't wait. Did I ever do oh, my- I just Brent told H- Conrad I was coming. Oh, all so. right. Did I ever do my Bret Hart <laughs> invitation for you?
1: Uh, yes. I think you've done it twice on the show. And, okay sure. uh, You can do it again though
2: No we can't right now Because it's time for my theme song
1: Alright yeah we gotta we Introduce gotta, we gotta our guest,
2: guest. All Are right. you ready
1: Do you wanna do Warren. this once he's on the line Or do you wanna do it now
2: Let's get him on the line Alrighty Dial him up
1: I'm dialing him up now
2: Josh and I are on the line And I was gonna bring you on with your theme song
0: Oh I'll probably recognize that. Can All right,
2: me? Le- okay. let me do it. you ready, <clears throat> okay. you
0: ready?
2: Yeah, ready. Okay, here we go. ready?' How are you? I'm, I'm going hey, for it right now. It I'm going, going for the theme song. I'm going for the song now. ready here we go. One two okay. three, RVD, RVD one, two, three, boom 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 boom. now you come in. make your entrance. Uh, three, two, one. we're at least
0: done. Now he's gone so it's my turn.
2: That is that was real. <laughs> you know what? You can really think on your feet.
0: Yes, well, my feet are very educated. As, God, for uh, that.
2: Don't think <laughs> he might have gotten that from when I was growing up and I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, they used to say that Anthony Nose Rock Anthony had educated feet. I wonder if that's where JR got that from.
0: Wait, are you telling me I'm not the first educated feet wrestler? But I no. think your, your feet went to Anthony a better o- school.
2: <laughs> no, it was Anthony Norocco when I was a kid.
0: I oh. did not come on this show to be insulted, <laughs> and I can't believe you were ever a
2: kid. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as you mentioned that, and he had... Uh, I remember he would come on and say, well, you know, I have educated feet, and my... My legs are insured for, uh, I think you said like $30,000. And I remember telling my parents I wanted to get my legs insured, just like Raka, because I wanted to be a flying wrestler.
0: I've heard of supermodels insuring their legs, but that's the first pro wrestler. But by the way... I often got compared to him when I started out wrestling, especially because I wrestled barefoot and because I'm from Argentina. Oh no, not that part. The barefoot uh, part. Well, you don't
2: know you're from the Argentinian section of Battle Creek, Michigan.
0: There you go. That's right next to Bombay, Michigan, where Samu's from. <laughs> that is right.
2: That is right. You're absolutely. By the way, I was talking to Josh earlier today about Battle Creek, Michigan. I was very where you hail from originally, and the reason being is that I heard on the news that. Kellogg's, which is the, when you think of Battle Creek, Michigan, beside RVD, you think of Kellogg's, the greatest name in cereals, and they're cutting out, they're having money problems.
0: And, well, I didn't know about the money problems. I'm sorry to hear that. But also, what's here. number three? What's number three that you think of from Battle Creek?
2: Battle Creek, uh, it wasn't Bobo, Brazil. He was Benton Harbor, Michigan. Um, it's not
0: nothing. They got Rob Van Dam and, uh, and Kellogg's, and that's all we know about. But <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear about, that. I think, you know, now that you can watch porn online, you know, we don't need cereal out of the box anymore. So I think that's really hurt the cereal business. And um, right next to that, that actually made sense to you guys. You didn't even uh, react to that. That's
1: I'm not even sure what that means.
2: Wait, we're comparing porn online, POL, not AOL, POL with uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes.
0: Either way, my point is there's um, Kellogg's, but then also right, right next door to it was Post, and down the street was General Mills. And I don't know how Kellogg's got the monopoly on the um, the recognition, but anyway, that, yeah. I just want you guys to know that. I know well. how. That's, I that's know how. The little guys work hard too.
2: No, so, no, I know how they got the recognition because once again, when I was growing up, the black and white until it became a color cast, Superman shows used to say, Kellogg's, the greatest name in cereals from Battle Creek, Michigan, brings you the adventures of Superman. That's how it
0: happened. Oh, thank you. That is awesome. I I love history. I love um, adding to my vast knowledge of uh, ridiculous facts (laughs) that nobody else knows. That
2: is why I don't know how much... They're losing, but they said people aren't buying cereals like they used to. And now I'm wondering if you're right, if pornography has taken people away from cold cereals.
1: Yeah. I doubt
0: it, but maybe. Uh, you yeah,
1: know. I'm, st- I'm still not finding that connection there, but, but Bill, if you know. Well, I'm
2: you've got a head cold, oh. Josh.
1: I don't have a head cold.
0: You do. I'm sorry. Bless you. Gazunte. Oh, thank yes. you.
2: So we, 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 we brought you on to talk about this new project, but before we go to that, there are a couple of things that uh beside my, my song, which I, I hope you remembered. I know you did there is uh one,
0: two, Oh, I can't remember the next word. One, one two,
2: three A B, oh, R V D. No,
0: I got it once, once I get past that sticking
2: point, I got it. Then then you get then you got it. So when I first saw you, uh I think it was in uh, somewhere in georgia where i first met you
0: i you standing there. Doo, 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 doo. That I stand there that was it that was it
2: that i saw you standing yeah, there yeah. that's another song but i think i met Where's you when going? you i think i met you when you first started in georgia and i was so enthralled by your style because again i was like uh, and Josh made a comment about this. I, 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 I always liked the wrestlers that were flying high. So you can take that two ways, but you were absolutely amazing in the ring. And when you came back, you know, I introduced myself. You said, you knew who I was from the magazines. And, uh, uh I, I have to tell you, and I think I always mentioned to you that my favorite back then was Mil Mascaris as a fan and I said, you're the only guy I'd seen back then that equaled the mil factor to me.
0: I, I always appreciate that. And I, and I know you've always told me that I'm your number two. And I take that to heart. Well,
2: it's That's a tie. It's a tie.
0: Okay, a tie for two.
2: A tie for, for <laughs> one. Now, with you being a a flying wrestler, coming out with that type of style... You were trained by Sabu's uncle, the original Sheik, not the Iron Sheik. Everybody's, oh, it's the Iron Sheik. No, it's the original Sheik. And that was a man who never did a dropkick, never did any backflips or anything, and uh, uh, kept his gimmick 24-7. People in his neighborhood didn't realize he spoke English. So going from your training with the Sheik, both you and Sabu turned out to be... Flying guys. How did that happen?
0: Well, um, it's what it's what we brought into into the training and it was our personal interest, but um, A few things on that one the sheik never broke kayfabe while he was training us. He never one time uh, Told us when I say us. I mean there was like um, two other guys and then and then quite often three And that was it. You know, like anybody else that would come to the school would never come back or they'd come back in six months because we were so stiff. And the Sheik never one time said anything about anything being a work. He never said, here's how to land right. He never said, here's how to, you know, do this move without killing the guy. For him, it was all about protecting the business and uh and competing in our minds you know if someone's shoulders down get on them you know cover them and so like he really taught us how to have that mindset um to where everything that we're doing out there has to i mean it makes sense to us because you know we it's for a reason we're trying to we're trying to win and he taught us you know ever right when you step through the ropes automatically you know you're making a present and uh you got to like feel it and, and get into it and uh, he taught us a lot of that, but I was actually doing flips and doing, uh, kicks and stuff, um, outside of wrestling. And then, uh, when I would want to bring it in, uh, I couldn't do it in front of him. I couldn't go off the ropes until, until I knew how to do a proper lockup headlock that would impress him. Like it was the proper, um, lockup headlock, uh, that would seen, you know, that's, that's something, uh, that, uh, a lot of people now could benefit from is, is you know, really getting good at at the basics instead of just, like, throwing them in there because they think they should uh, be part of the match. That's what the match is about. And then when you get away from it, you got to get, like, right back to it. So, um, you know, the the Sheik really taught us both how to stand out and be original, how to not care what other people think. He used to always say, screw them. But he wouldn't really say that. He would say a different (laughs) word, but I'm trying to be polite. Well, he said that
2: that in, in Arabic, of course.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he would say that about everybody. He said, no one knows what the F they're talking about. You listen to me, and that's how he trained me.
2: I remember how thick he was with the kayfabe back then, where uh, my first wife, we went on uh, honeymoon to Toronto, and of course I had to go see wrestling, and Ernie Roth, the, the uh, Abdullah Farouk, brought us backstage, and Sheik knew that I knew that he could speak English and et cetera, et cetera. But when he met my wife, he went right into Salabatolo, kissed her hand, was very charming, and then left.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, why she's... There was,
0: uh, there was very few times that I got past that. Like sometimes we'd have dinner, you know, with his family. He, he, he would be, act a little different around Joyce, his wife. You know, he'd open up a little bit, and then when he was around like his little niece, like he loved his niece, uh, he would get real soft. You know, and you would see him uh, loving people, and uh, so it's that was pretty, uh, um, you know, pretty can con, con contract, contrasting to the yeah. uh, to to the one we'd see 90 percent of the time. But but yeah, one time he told me something that stuck in my mind when he was when he was soft, Chic. And he said something, he said, I never let my dad leave the room without kissing him. And that just really stuck to me. And I like actually started like uh, kissing my dad after he said that. And I'm glad that he, glad that I got that, that he taught me that as well as everything else.
1: Yeah. Josh. Um, Yeah. You know, I wanted to shift gears a little bit to, um, obviously it's tough to think about your career and not think about ECW. Um, What was, you know, we had a bunch of fan questions. I wanted to kind of pepper them in throughout the conversation. Um, one of the, the questions was what was the worst injury you ever had in wrestling? And to me as a fan, I could only think of the, the, uh, I want to say it was a knee injury, um, in ECW, but what was, you talk about with, uh, the original Sheik learning to do everything really, um, you know, he wasn't showing you how to, how to do anything softly. Um, what was, uh, what was the worst injury you had? And then was there ever a time in a match where anybody was concerned about you injuring them?
0: Um, so there, my worst injury out of my career would have been my knee, which was in WWE, uh, in I broke my ankle. Um, not that bad of a, of an injury, but it puts you out, you know, put me out for like 90 days or something. Um, but Comparatively speaking, it's not that bad because I had to get surgery on my knee. I had uh, blown my my, my um, um, we call it? My ACL was was completely um, separated. It was I needed a new ACL put in as well as a tear that was uh, uh, that was sewn back together. That's the only surgery that I've had, and that definitely goes out as my worst. I was out for uh, twelve months. Um, but I really wanted to rest cause I know a lot of my peers go back too early mm-hmm. and then they got to keep getting thirsty. I want to drop names, but I know a lot of guys that happen. So I really wanted to stay out because I know, you know, I do a lot of jumps and stuff. So I'm yeah. glad I did because uh, when I did, when I did go back to work, you know, it's like, I forget about that, uh, knee even, even being a bad knee for, you know, for most of the time. So, so there's that. And uh, there's been plenty of times when I've hurt other wrestlers and, um, I feel like that probably will go down as part of my legacy, you know, mm-hmm. backstage. And I mean, I'm, I'm not proud about hurting anybody, but it, it, it literally is the way I got trained, you know, like I, right. before I ever had a match, before I ever had a, are you trying to interrupt me?
2: No, no. I said, <laughs> right, right. Goes back to the Sheik.
0: Yeah. The Sheik. And then like Sabu, he's always been crazy too. Like I, I asked Sabu one time we were in the ring and Sheik wasn't there for whatever reason. And I and I was you know I was already uh, a martial artist, kickboxing uh, at that time. I said I I'd like to do this move where I do a, a springboard off the second rope. I probably didn't know it was called a springboard, but anyway, the one where I do the back the back jump out of the corner and I kick the guy in the face. And I was telling Sabu that I think that would be a cool move. He goes, Okay, uh, try it. And I was like, Yeah, but I mean I know how to kick you like really hard knock you out but i mean is is there there's gotta be is there like a trick or something to like do i aim somewhere else he goes ah just do it and and try not to try not to break my jaw (laughs) and i was like yeah i don't know i'm not i mean i don't feel that comfortable he goes no no you're good enough you got good control and he goes if you do break my jaw (laughs) then uh when it heals when it heals he said well well, then we'll try it again i was like okay
2: i found the bro
0: wham broke his jaw He's like, uh, he's eating through a straw for the next, uh, I don't know, four or five, maybe six weeks. And then <laughs> afterwards, uh, he got in the ring, just like he said. He said, do it again, but try to pull it back some. Wow. And um, that's the same, with that very same kick, I knocked Abyss's teeth out uh, in TNA, which is one of one of the injuries that, I'm, uh, that I feel the, the worst about, you know, and, and there's plenty. I mean, I can't start listing or I'll, or i'll definitely leave people out but i you know even when i started i was like uh breaking noses here and there um but you know in my first year i was wrestling guys around the michigan indiana ohio area pennsylvania and because we're so stiff everybody you know was afraid to work with us they and i remember one time in fort wayne we had a i had a tag match with my uh, partner Dango who, uh he has a GoFundMe page, by the way. I just I just tweeted about, it. but my best friend uh, for forever, and, and uh, now he's got the big C, and oh. uh, he's going with that. Yeah, crazy. We'll, it, we'll make sure to retweet that. Cool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we had a tag match against these two guys. It was—it might have been our fourth match. It was—we were super green, and uh, the guys were told that we believed that it was a complete shoot. So they were so scared, they were us. and you know, they, and the match was real short because they didn't want to keep fighting us. But but a lot of guys like El Snow was around then, uh, Machine Gun Mike Kelly. These guys worked with us to really lighten us up, you know, like guys, guys, and they got me working like so light. In 93, I went to Japan for my first time, and those guys wouldn't sell anything that I did. And they were like beating the crap out of me. And I took it personal at first. And then after a while, I got so mad I started giving it back. And then I realized that, you know, that was the respect for the business and that it would make them look dumb if uh, they were selling anything that was less than, uh, you know, impactful right. because that was the style. And so they brought that out of me. And I think what I ended up with was kind of snug. You know, all these injuries weren't from uh, from my regular work. They were from just you know uh, myself or the other person or both just being off a little or misjudgment, you know, by whoever. Anyway, that's you know, like when you're uh, when you're really throwing a kick hard, and, and sometimes I just want to smack the guy's uh, cheek on his face. You know, just being just being a half inch over, and bam, there goes his teeth. Right.
2: You know, you are the first guy who ever. Injured me in one of the championship office wrestling matches.
0: And, and you can you can attest to the fact I'm not that stiff,
2: huh? Uh, no, no, I I have I still have the videotapes I kept the them hot. where where RVD put a cha- I kicked me down, laid me down, put yeah. a chair on top of me, did a backflip onto me, and then another one off the Xerox machine. First guy to ever injure my arm. There, I'm telling you. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, ask somebody else. Don't ask him about my stiffness. No, definitely not. Did you get a concussion from having the trash can put over your head and then kicked to the face?
2: I forgot about that. You're absolutely correct. No, no concussion. I withstood it. I was ready for you. I was ready for you. So we can't talk about ECW without talking about Paulie. Paul Heyman. Now I used to work next to him at ringside when he was a uh, punk photographer, pushing us all out of the way. What, where did you first meet him and uh, what, what was it like working with him in ECW?
0: Um, I didn't know him before I went up there. You know, um, uh, Sabu had been working for him for some time and had been trying to get me booked up there, and I didn't really care. You know, I was going to all Japan was my bread and butter, and I was making so much more money there than I could have made, you know, doing indies here. And uh, um, I, I was picking and choosing my dates already, even though I was, I was that early in my career. And uh, Sabu kept saying, did Paul call you? I'd be like, no, he didn't call you that he was supposed to call you that mother after he was supposed to call you <laughs> let me call you back and then I would just kind of laugh it off and then finally when he did call me um we didn't come to terms he wanted me to go up there and um work with Mikey Whipwreck and uh um and I didn't like uh what he what he had in mind and like he I guess he just wanted to look at me but I was like oh, no I think I'm good you know didn't agree on the money or um, or putting my key over, and uh, anyways, I ended up going uh, going back eventually, and then when I met Paul then, and then I wrestled Axel Rotten in my ECW uh, debut match. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I, I adapted uh, to it very, you know, pretty well. But at first, it was definitely different than anything that that I'd been around because I was coming from Georgia. You know, where you smile, show your dimples, and USA. You know, <laughs> clap your hands. Total. Total different style, Um, but but I just listened to Sabu. He was my mentor, and at that time I would have done anything that he said. You know, if he he said, "Hey, that guy sucks," you know, go kick his ass. Whatever, I I would just listen to him at that time. So we had our click. It was a little clickish, but uh, I could see where it all came down from Paul. How he was the head of it because um, he was the leader of you know extreme, and I understood that right away because he would give these meetings um, and these speeches. Uh, before we go out there to fire everybody up and you'd learn a lot about him there. Um, yeah. and then on the one, on the on ones and stuff, he was very encouraging in the right way, um, you know, and, and making everybody feel like, uh, like he saw the best in them. And, um, it was, it was awesome. Awesome for me.
1: So I have yeah. a, a memory, um, of a match of yours, obviously so many matches that you had with Jerry Lynn that were fantastic. Um, this was the first time that I ever had an opportunity to go um, backstage. I went with Bill um, to hardcore Heaven 99. Um, he brought me with him to help with his uh, with the photography equipment. And um, I remember being able to be up there in the front row watching your match with Jerry Lynn and was just a a huge fan of that. Um, and there there are three things out of that that I wanted to mention to you um, from that match. One, you guys went through a table at one point and the table broke into like this triangle shape. Um, and you gave that piece of the table to me and I still have that in my basement.
0: Um, really? Yes. No and, kidding.
1: and the last time I saw Jerry Lynn, I saw him at Starcast, and I kind of, um, joked about the fact that it never occurred to me as like a kid. I never had you guys sign it. Never had anything like that. So it's really just like people having to take my word for it. And I think I do have a picture, I think with Joey styles holding the table, but, um, but yeah, I remember you gave that, you gave, uh, the table to me. There are two other things, uh, as related to you. One was I was back there and, um, I, I want to say, I'm trying to think who it was who came up to me and asked me to do this. Probably Bill Alfonso, um, asked me if I could go get you a cup of coffee. And so I asked you, you know, okay, how do you want your coffee? And you said, I'll never forget this. You said lots of cream, lots of sugar. Um, So I'm now tasked with trying, and I was, I think I was like 15 at the time and I'm now running around, it was in Poughkeepsie, New York. It was that, that building there. And I'm like running around trying to find this coffee and I'm thinking to myself, what does lots of cream, lots of sugar mean? Because my, you know, (laughs) my idea of what that means could be totally different than your idea. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to give Rob Van Dam the wrong coffee. Well, but long story short, um, they didn't have any coffee in the building at all. So I had to come back and say, I'm sorry, I couldn't find you any coffee. Um yeah. You let me down, dude. I did, I let you down. But then uh one other thing was I had started I was like I mentioned I was a huge fan and uh to the point when I had started wrestling, um and I wrestled for like a a nine year period, but when I had started, um it was shortly after that I started wrestling when I was uh right before I turned sixteen. And I tried to steal everything I could from you, um, and probably did it on like a twenty five percent level. Um Compared to you if, if I'm patting myself on the back. But, uh, one thing that I loved was your airbrushed, uh, singlets. And I remember you actually at that show gave me the number to the guy that did your singlets. And, um, yeah, well, I didn't end up going with them. I ended up going with somebody that was local. Um, to this day, I have a show now on fight TV. And one of the things I'm kind of starting to become known for is that I always have Uh, like custom ties for whatever show I'm doing and I get them airbrushed and it's the same person who started airbrushing my gear. And that was all, uh, I guess that's all homage to you. So I just wanted to, those are a couple of things. I don't know if anyone listening finds that interesting, but a couple of things I just wanted to share with you.
0: Right on dude. Yeah. And I, I, I find it interesting. Let me say it's uh, Joe Holland um, is the guy in Savannah, Georgia. That's always airbrushed my outfit. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually just heard from him uh, yesterday. And um, if that triangular piece of wood is from the uh, sunset power bomb that mm-hmm. I took to the concrete, then I'll always remember that because I have the scar that go that's right above my top lip, under my nose, from that exact very piece of wood that scrapes me on, mm-hmm. that, on that bump. So I'll, I'll, I'll forever remember that.
1: I will, I'll get a picture but, of it. I'll, I'll tweet it out to you. But yeah, that's yeah, awesome. You've, you've, I mean, not not awesome that you got a scar, but you know. But uh,
2: so one one thing going back in your past right now, tell us about the uh, uh, young Rob Van Dam before he just became RVD and uh, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Right.
0: Yeah, that, that was um, just a a freak thing. I was just a fan in the crowd, like 15, 16 years old. Um, and he he they were it was a non televised show at the Kellogg's Center Arena WWF and they were doing um a televised segment. We all knew Ted DiBiase was gonna be there filming something that was gonna make it on T V so we were excited about that. But I just me and my buddy Dango, same dude, we uh we, we rushed down to the uh gate and um to the front, you know, front row and we're screaming because he's like, I'm he's looking for a volunteer. And uh, as soon as he pointed my direction, I just jumped over the gate and ran in. I was like, I was so excited. So excited, I forgot to negotiate. And that was the whole gimmick was to, you know, he offered me $100 to kiss his foot. And I'd seen the TV show. I mean, I should have said no until he got up to like $500. <laughs> I was so excited. I was just like, I gave him, like, I, you know, I, I sucked his toes. I gave him a boot shine. I started taking Virgil's boot off. They said, get out of here, kid. But my friend, <laughs> Um, yeah, Dango, he always, he's he's always said, and we were right next to each other. He always said that, uh, Ted was pointing at him and that I, and then I just bum rushed over the gate and and that's how I got, that's how I got it. That's his side of the story. Did you get the money? Yeah. What was my first WWF money? It was a hundred dollars. What'd you do with it? Um, I don't know. Probably blew it on comic books. Uh,
2: (laughs) Ah. Uh, It's funny because on the list of questions here, the next one, and Josh, you can back me up on this, was comic. Are you still a big comic book collector?
0: Um, No, I don't. I don't buy anything new. You know, I still think that the whole genre is cool, and I do signings at comic book conventions sometimes. But uh, I don't. It's not uh, as much of a as my in my current part of life. Like I don't follow it.
2: Well, we're going to, I want to, we want to get to some fan questions, but when you, before we talk about your current part of your life is, and I think I called you or tweeted you on this probably about six months ago, about two o'clock in the morning, I was channel turning and looked like a guy like you in a movie on uh, HBO called the wrong side of town. It was you and uh, Dave Bautista in that movie. And I, I, didn't even know you did that movie
0: yeah that plays a lot that plays a lot and i'm uh, actually supposed to be getting a back end that i've never got so i might uh might look into that real soon Yeah. but um it, it was 2009 that we actually filmed it my my first and only starring role and um i had a um well I I had a blast doing it. Had a blast doing it. You know, I uh, I've done things since then and can and can see a big uh, upgrade in the acting. But it's actually uh, life experience. You know, that, that changed everything. And that's um, my documentary that's coming out. You know, you get to actually witness because uh, everyone wants to, every question that that I hear that it's asked about what I'm doing now or what I'm going to do or why why I do this or why I did that. All of it is on my documentary so I'm super stoked about that but during this time after uh, leaving WWE, I went through some adventures. If anyone saw me in 2015 uh, beginning of 2016, um, I most likely was uh, drinking and that was just that was an answer to uh, the uh, divorce and a dog died and the dad died and and I went through like having to rebuild myself um and because of that that's why like comics aren't a priority anymore it's like it's like like life's priorities they like, completely changed and uh in a documentary anyway where we do a stand up comedy tour bring the camera with it but then um uh, things happen it ends up being like way bigger and personal but, but you know you're in my house you're all over and uh, you get to experience what it's like being RVD um, and it's really cool being RBD, and I'm super happy right now. Uh, my girlfriend Katie Forbes is uh, like the coolest person ever, and we've we've been together like three years now. And yeah, she's
2: yeah. great. She's great. I met her last year. She's fabulous.
0: Yeah, yeah. And by the way, we met um, way after uh, the uh, the separation. I mean, you read all kinds of stuff on internet on the internet. And it's not. I don't feel like it's my place or should be my place to dispel rumors like every time i read something you know to to answer to it i'm not i'm not someone that does that but uh in this doc though you get to you get everything answered um by by actually experiencing it and uh, some reviews i've got you know they've all been good i expect everyone's gonna love it i'm really proud of it but it's uh, it is a bit like a, like a roller coaster because of unexpected events happening why why we filmed it you know trying not to give away too many spoilers, I haven't talked about it that much yet, it's like my second time so I don't, I don't really have a uh, I don't have it uh, really worked out yet what you know what to talk about, but super stoked and i was be at the, a big event on this too, so I'm super glad that I have uh, Bruno San Martino's uh, last public appearance on my yeah. documentary, it's, oh, called, yeah. it's called Headstrong, by the way, it's on iTunes um, you can pre-order it now on iTunes, Headstrong what? Headstrong and it comes out
2: February 19th. Wait, I think the signal drifted. What's it called and where can you get it?
0: I read these documentary. It's awesome. Everyone's going to love it. It's called Headstrong. And it'll be available on uh, Google Play, Amazon, and uh, Vudu, and iTunes when it drops February 19th. You can pre-order it right now on uh, iTunes only. So everybody do that. I want everyone to go and pre-order it. On iTunes. Yeah, it's the guy, the real sure. guy. If you ever met, if you ever met me in a convention or you met me out or whatever, and you and you are like, you're one of the many fans that have been like, dude, I dig your outlook on life, or or you're so chill, or, or cool, man, you were so. Anyway, that's who that's who's on this documentary. You get to see more of me and my zenful outlook on life, even when challenged. Uh, uh, definitely gonna see <laughs> see see me in the. Uh, more personal than you've ever seen before, so it's that uh, people are going to be surprised how candid I am. But I've always been that way—open, honest, you have. and super candid. There you go. So this is a perfect example.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking that's forward wrong. to it.
2: By the way, had you worked this out with me, we could have put the office wrestling championship match on as an extra. But now it's too late.
0: Well, that's no, it's not too late. That's going to go on the DVD.
2: Okay. All right. Just keep, keep that in, keep that in mind. So we have some fan questions that, uh, uh before we, as they say, and pod, on the pod waves before we let you go, Josh, yeah, let's,
1: let's see what we've got here. Um, a couple of questions here. Um, some of the fans, their questions were just like chanting Rob Van Dam, which I thought was interesting. Um, <laughs> so here's some, uh, just a fun one, not really having anything to do with wrestling. Uh, uh, Lupe Martinez asked, "What's RVD's favorite scary movie?"
0: My favorite scary movie. Um mm, Man, I hate thought questions. When you're when you're super mellow and gentle, it's hard to even have favorites because you don't invest that much emotion in anything, and you just kind of like go with the flow. Favorite? What's the last So I don't even know. Favorite? Ooh, Three Headed Shark Attack. Scared the crap out of me. I almost rounded.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> um, uh, Mike asks, uh, what's your go to workout exercise and favorite video game series? So these are definitely two different questions here. But uh, yeah, favorite workout exercise and favorite video game series? Um,
0: let's see. Um, my favorite go to exercise. Well, I mean, I. I do a lot of different exercises and have to include the whole body. If I was only going to do one, then I I think maybe it would be a plank, you know, like sometimes uh, I like to go in my sauna and I'll do a plank for um, at least 10 minutes, but it's what I call a rolling plank. So like when I get uh, blown up or or tired, I, I allow myself to roll to either side, but it's but my knees still can't touch the ground. I have to stay like in plank form, but, but I roll from side to side to, to whatever, um, to the time. And that's like a pretty much full body wow. kind of workout. So, but I love Tabata. I love Tabata. Like, uh, you can, you control the intensity, but I do, I do Tabata exercises, which is a four minute, it's a four minute exercise of doing, uh, whatever you pick, to do to do them, it's uh, twenty seconds on, ten seconds off. And if you do the most you can, like you're running a race, no matter what it is, if it's calisthenics, or if you're doing curls or abs, whatever, if you do it like it's a race, that 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 four minutes is enough. And the studies that show uh, that the results uh, last all day better the longer workouts. What was the other part of that question?
1: Uh, the other part what of the I question, hear? actually, before I get to the other part of the question, I I had wanted to ask you something about your workouts. Um, the, uh, obviously every fans always know about the Van Dam lift. Um, and, uh, did you, now, did you invent that or just perfect that? Or what was the, what was the, the story behind that?
0: Right. I, um, I did invent it as far as I know, you know I mean? I had seen, um, Jean-Claude mm-hmm. Van Damme do the splits in his movies mm-hmm. and, uh, I used to, I don't know. I used to like I got to where I could do that, and then I was showing off at the gym, a, at the Y center. I would jump up, and then I would land in the splits on the, across the benches. And then um, somebody said, uh, "I don't see why you're doing that." He goes, "You're going to blow a kneecap out or something." And he, he, and he was a he was an older guy that I respected that you know that was Jack. He was like, "I mean, if there's a reason, then I then I understand. But otherwise, it's you know you're just going to hurt your hurt yourself." And so then I started lifting weights uh, and and, you know posing mostly, but just holding the weight, doing Mm -hmm. it, and the weight got bigger and bigger until people started saying, "Hey, you should check into getting that officiated," uh, which I did. So 166 and a half pounds. And I, but recently I saw some other people that attempting I'd never seen it since I did that promo in ECW. Um, I'd never seen anyone come after, but I wanted the social media somebody somebody
2: looked it up and showed me like other
1: people coming after it. And I was like, Oh, oh cool. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do so, you do so Josh? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. oh, no, I was just curious. Cause obviously if people had to think about, uh, yoga and professional wrestlers nowadays, DDP is kind of, you know, that, that goes hand in hand, but to me, any, any flexibility or whatever, I mean, I would obviously have gone right to you. So was there a, I know you talked about some of the stuff you do, but what were you doing? Um, in the i guess like that prime part of your career uh where you're wrestling every night and doing what was your what was your workout then was there a lot of yoga in there was was it just some sort of stretching like what was that
0: well back when i was in um wcw which was december of 93 uh uh, i'm sorry 92 until like may of 93 i was uh pretty young but i was stretching and ddp was uh in the dressing room at that time and He saw that I was stretching uh, before every match spending time. It's like it's a workout It's not a warm-up for me like my stretch routine is, is its own thing and I'll do it for an hour if I have the time And if I'm depending on what I'm doing afterwards, you know, like if I'm uh, When I'm squatting just because I'm under such heavy weight or if I'm wrestling or martial arts, it's not the physical I usually like do the whole stretch and, and it takes like an hour, but I can do it quicker, um, and that's just because of my experience and because my body is trained to listen to my mind and get results quicker. But uh, DDP would see me doing these stretches uh, an hour before the matches and then not getting hurt, taking crazy bumps and stuff. And uh, and then he said there must be something to that, and he started doing it. And now with uh, DDP yoga, he's like, yeah, he's influencing (laughs) so many – People that, that seem hopeless. I would have no idea how to help these people that he's able to give a whole new life
1: to. Mm-hmm. Um, the other so Josh, question, we, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, we 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 got a question, uh, and I was going to say that uh, when you were talking about Sabu and you were doing his voice, I actually i I could hear his voice. One of our questions didn't a fan send something in about a uh, another impression that RVD does. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, they, they said that they would be something like, they would just be excited if, uh, he does
0: his, uh, Shawn Michaels impression.
2: You do a Shawn Michaels imitation? Uh,
0: no, no. You know what, what that is, is, uh, I was interviewed on a, um, a, a video format, like on YouTube or whatever. And I did this, uh, imitation of him, um, uh, along with an unflattering answer too. Like when I look back at it, you know, it's not something that I'm like super proud of. Cause I, oh. I to just put positive energy out there. But I, but but anyway, but I'm glad a lot of fans enjoyed it. Um, but uh, but but what I when I, I what I did was I, I crossed one eye in the middle because he's got that eye thing, and it right. got a lot of reaction because you know here I am making fun of Shawn Michaels. You know the the best one of the best, you know, wrestlers mm-hmm. ever in WWE, and it, you know, so it's, uh, so we got a lot of reaction, but looking back at it, that's really got to suck. Um, and I know what it's like, uh, to, uh, temporarily, you know, have, uh, um, have vision altered and, and it's, it's, it's not good. And, and I, when I look at him, I not, you know, I feel, uh, bad for, I think I'd have headaches all day. I can't even imagine like one eye looking in, but you know, um, it is, uh, it's something, you know, that that's what my impression is. And uh, I kind of, when I look back, you know, part of always trying to improve and grow and be a better person is that you're always looking back at a dick or a lesser version of you. Right. Always. Yeah. That's how it has to be. Yep. Who was. You learned it from Zen Master RVD.
2: RVD. <laughs> who was is, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, that you were a fan uh, uh,
0: of? That I was a fan of, it's going to be yeah. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, I grew up on him. He's always going to be my number one.
1: Okay. Okay. So that's amazing. I, I feel like fans just looking at your, just purely you as an in-ring character uh, and your in-ring style, I don't think anyone would have ever guessed Hulk Hogan. But I think yeah, that's I really, yeah, but I think that's really interesting, just the impact that he had on on everybody at that time. Um one question we have from uh, yeah. Rock and Wrestling. Well wait a minute, bro. wait a minute,
2: wait before you go there. Oh. Do you do a Hulk Hogan imitation?
0: You better believe it, brother.
2: Oh, well, was actually
1: That's really good. That's not too huh? bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> um Rock and Wrestling podcast asks, uh, what were your thoughts on your WWE title reign in 2006? And I kind of wanted to ask you before we go just that, you know, you mentioned being able to look back at, you should always look back at like a, a lesser version of yourself because of how you've changed over the years. Um That time period that, that run and when you eventually, you know, you won the WWE title and, and how that ended as well. um, How did you feel about it then? How do you feel about it now? Looking back.
0: Um, so it's, just, I mean, it, it was the most fun, most fun that I've had, you know, in my, in my career, and definitely the best uh, showcasing um, experience. And you know, I appreciated everyone that came in and uh, and wrestled with me. And uh, you know, uh, that was when I was at the height of my uh, competitive mind set. And as a as a Zen master, I am. I can tell you that that has been my change in perspective. Um, is that I don't have the competitive mindset before. Like even when I did that interview with Shawn Michaels about Shawn Michaels, like that was that was obviously something that was still left over from having that competitive mindset. And when I had that, you know, and you have to have that, I think, you know, to mm-hmm. be wrestling. I mean, it's a lot more sure. competitive than realize in the behind. You know, everyone's <laughs> watching your spot and all. so um, you know. So anyway, you know, I would look at you guys as for what and judge them. On a competitive level you know like screw that guy you know i hate that guy whatever and now that i don't have that mindset anymore when i see people that i used to hate i you know i'm just like hey you're still alive too bro that's awesome yeah. and it's
2: like, i used to hate you hey what's that i said i used to hate you but now i'm cool with you yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. well no, yeah. i mean that's how it is i mean now i see everything uh, different and so like uh you know when i still wrestle um, and, and I enjoy the connection with the fans and, and uh, you know, I enjoy showing off with them. Um, but I don't have that competitive mindset like everybody else. They're so much hungrier and want it, so much more. And I, you know, I do it like as little as possible. You know, I do it uh, when it's good business. But uh, it's been like like uh, 10, 12 times a year for the last several years, as opposed to 200 and, you know, twenty, forty 40 times a year you know, with the big dub. So um I, I definitely don't ever want that again.
2: But so- you're you're certainly right because the when being backstage all these years, I always saw that competitiveness, not just from you but from everyone, where who's getting that spot? Do you got that spot? Where are you gonna be put on the show? It, it was like it was like that dog eat dog. Everybody's got wants that that prime spot, so to say. And it was such a competitive uh business. It still is. But, uh, a lot of fans never see that part of it.
0: right. and And, you know, it's like um a lot of people they compare themselves. That's when it, it it's kind of ugly, but I'll notice people um wrestlers sometimes it'll be like, I'm better than him. Why you know, why's he got that spot and not me? And or they find you know, it's like that everywhere. I know actors that do that, you know, that say you know, the only reason Michael Clark Duncan got that that movie was because he shed a tear. That's all, man. He shed a tear, he let one roll. It was any big guy's spot. It's like, dude, come on.
2: Well, can I reveal now how much money you paid us at the magazine to make you the number one wrestler in the year of the year many, many years ago? No, I do won't you reveal feel that.
0: that it, it's <laughs> Um, no you
2: you deserve that
1: i have i have one last question for myself um you talked about how you're wrestling now maybe 12 times a year um but if it's good business you know um then maybe stuff like that could change at this point uh correct me if i'm wrong but you're you're 48 right yes so comparing you just based on nothing other than success in your career and your age um chris jericho 48 years old, just signed what he says is the best contract of his career with All Elite Wrestling. Um, Is that something that you could see at this point if an opportunity, and I'm not saying necessarily All Elite Wrestling, but if an opportunity presented itself uh, for the right amount of money and the right, uh, I guess, the, the right experience, would you see yourself getting back into a more regular thing or do you feel like that is kind of behind you?
0: Well, you know, um, actually, in the beginning of 2018, um, a bunch of us had this deal signed with this uh, company in the U.K. called Five Star Wrestling. Yes. They had yes. a bunch of them. Yeah. They, and I mean, you know, I they were doing they, their plans were to do like 30 weeks in a row, like every Thursday. And at first I thought, you know, is that what I want? You know, but mm-hmm. but the money was good. The business and. Um, with such that they were really taking care of us. And, and at first I wanted like half the dates, but then like four weeks into it, I said, you know what, cause I saw it growing, you know, and then mm-hmm. I was starting to have fun again. And like, I got so much respect there, you know, like they're looking at me as like, I'm a legend, which you, you would never get looked at like, or I would never get looked at like that, um, um, with certain companies <laughs> anyway. And, uh, it just, just, uh, me and Ray Mysterio were tagging again, and it was uh, it was fun. And um, anyway, I, I said, "Yeah, I wanna, I'm going to go ahead and pick up the other the other dates." You know what I mean? And I and I was selling my house anyway, so I was thinking, I mean, "I'll just live over there." And these guys are pay for it It'll be cheaper than flying me back and forth first class and uh, across the ocean. And and I started thinking, you know. But then I, I got started getting optimistic, and then boom. They folded on the after the fifth show. They said, yeah. "Okay, we're not we're not doing it." Yeah, I was a little bummed because I, was, you know, it's like uh, I, with very few exceptions in my whole um, at least last twenty years or so, I haven't really been looking for anything. I just kind of consider opportunities and money Money talks. I would consider anything for the money. So, sure. so if
2: AEW came to you and made you a, an offer and a, a good spot that was really sweet, that's something you might entertain?
0: Oh, absolutely. It'd be something that, uh, you know, but when your idea... Um, a lot of people's idea of good money and my idea of good money are different. But, you know, Jericho knows, so, you know, that I'm happy um, that he's able to, to get a deal. It might be uh, stretched out over, you know, a, a longer time, and so it's a, a bigger deal with less work. Um, you know, we all we all have our own values, you know, and, and sure. that goes everywhere. But when it comes to that, um, and I said I still wrestle, you know, I'm not priced uh, to move every week like the other guys they want to work every week. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm a price pretty far above market to where not that many people in a year, um, can, you know, can reach that price tag. And that's, that's done, um, you know, by science and that's where I'm happy being, um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, if, have, yeah. So having said that, I mean, for the right amount of money, then I would, uh, pick up more matches. Sure. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm all about business. It's not in my plans. Having said that, um, like I said, I would consider anything for the money.
2: Okay. So, once again, where can people find the documentary and the name of it?
0: Headstrong. Go to uh, iTunes. It's called um, Headstrong, and you can pre order it. It drops February 19th on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo. And um, Amazon, there you go. And But uh, everyone's going to love it. It's it's a real cool me. It's a genuine me. And uh, exposing stuff that nobody else would. So be ready to be shocked and enjoy it and be inspired. I'm going to start posting uh, some of the reviews I've had because I've had people over that are friends. John Morrison, slash Hennigan, slash Impact, slash um, After. Um, he's he's one of the... <laughs> <laughs> over uh, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop post what some of them said because it was really uh, very complimentary about the movie it's blowing people away so
2: always uh, you uh, always did you you blew me away from the first time I saw you and all the way through uh, the last time I saw you so again always one of my uh, uh, a, on a fan and a percussion covering people professionally you're always one of my favorites and one of the best so absolutely oh well,
0: uh, thank you appreciate it thanks guys thank you so much
1: all right thank you again to rob van dam for joining us and this interview was brought to you by smart hold are you a business owner or office manager do you have message on hold if so how much are you paying if you're paying more than 35 dollars per month you're paying too much Do yourself a favor, check and see how much you are paying. And if you aren't using Smart Hold as your message on hold provider, you are simply paying too much. For only $35 per month, Smart Hold gives you unlimited message changes, pro voice talent, and best of all, no contracts. Be smart, get Smart Hold, and go to smart-hold.com. That's smart-hold.com. Again, we want to thank Rob Van Dam. Uh Bill is off to go cover the AEW uh announcement that's going to be airing tonight. And you can check out his uh review of that over at one You can follow us on Twitter at the AfterChat. You can uh come visit us on Facebook at the AfterChat, or I guess slash the AfterChat. Uh Bill is at after One Wrestling on Twitter. That's the number one, as he likes to remind you. Uh, I'm at So Says Chernoff. Um, Next week, uh, we will have my So Says Chernoff on Fight TV episode. will be up on Thursday night. Uh, Definitely check that out. We'll be covering the Elimination Chamber, and we'll also be covering uh, headlines and some fun stuff uh, in honor of Valentine's Day. So make sure to check all of that stuff out and if you if you be so kind since I'm closing this myself uh, do me a favor and go follow at Chernoff Show on Twitter and track us down on YouTube because we need a few more subscribers to be able to make that youtube.com slash so says Chernoff so track that down uh, go ahead and follow that if you are in the Montgomery County, Pennsylvania area come join us on the 13th uh, at 7 o'clock we will be filming in front of a live studio audience for so says Chernoff on fight but this has been the after chat an awesome episode with Rob Van Dam we hope you enjoyed and we will be back next week as Bill would love for me to say we will see you at the matches